Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Happy New Year, everybody. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're back. Folks, thank you for your patience. Thank you for letting us take our PTOs and enjoy our holiday. But we're back and we're here to talk about the four-part tell-all. Tell-all. Are y'all ready? <laughs> Mon, are you ready? I'm ready, man. All Let's right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with... How do we want to do this? Do you want to start with a couple? Like, do we go couple by couple or do you want to just talk about part one this is what happened part two this is what happened we can go couple by couple because like all my notes are all they cover all four parts and Mm. i didn't order them like oh this is part one or this is part two it's just here's what happened with this couple here's what happened with this couple one of my couples is even jovi and andre because they were they had their (laughs) own fucking separate thing right did you notice that yeah yeah yeah, so like one of my couples is jovi and andre i'm like damn dude and andre was really going for jovi dude he was savage from the get-go he was saying something about jovi not being attractive yeah and and yara was out of his league or something like bro who asked yeah (laughs) i don't know what was up it almost felt like andre was trying to get heat off himself by focusing Mm. on on jovi's shortcomings and trying to divert whatever negative attention he might have gotten onto jovi Mm. and because andre can be pretty shitty so it Mm. was like almost like he was saying but look here's somebody shittier (laughs) yeah right (laughs) even though what jovi was doing to me at least wasn't really all that bad, but the mm-hmm. way Andre was framing it, like, well, who does that? Who who goes to the strip club when you're married? Like, he, he was making it sound <laughs> like fucking Jovi is a fucking loser. And I'm just yeah. like, Andre, you're not you're not a winner yourself. But exactly. like, whatever he could do to just divert any negative attention from himself. I was like, damn, dude. The yeah. internet thought that Andre's making moves on Yara. I can see that. I don't see that at first because let's start with like part one, right? Because I kind of rewatched it literally hours ago just to like make sure I get caught up. Right. Andre actually insinuated something about Yara being a scammer. He actually threw down a stat, y'all. He said, you know, one in three couples come to the US and uh, they turn out to be scammers. And then Yara had to clap back and say, uh, don't stereotype me. Right. You know, you're from was, Moldova. I'm from Ukraine. Like, we're neighbors. You he know? was speaking about like Russian, quote unquote, immigration, right? Like, yeah. like those yeah. middle bright, like he's and trying, trying to fit her into that category. And I was yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, that's why I'm, when I read the forums, I def- I'm surprised that people think that Andre was trying to make moves on Yara. And then someone even mentioned like, Hmm, I wonder why Yara and Jovi are now planning to move to Florida. Is it to be close to Andre <gasps> and Libby? I didn't even put that together. <laughs> I didn't even put I, that together. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think about <laughs> it until like someone said it on, I guess, Reddit or something that I was reading. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. Why are they? Y'all are wild for that. I didn't even. Yeah. <laughs> what? And 
<laughs> the internet doesn't stop. So yeah, yeah. let's go couple by couple. Let's start with, uh, well, I don't think there's much to say about Sumit and Jenny, aside no. from the fact that I still don't understand. Maybe I I missed this, you guys, so I apologize. But why is Jenny in the US and Sumit back in India? Like, why can't he come on a visitor or tourist visa and be with her in the studio? Why is it that it's only her? Yeah, I noticed it, but I didn't even ask that question. I missed that too. Yeah. Yeah, I I figured like, why can't they both join via video, right? Maybe TLC pleaded with them as a couple saying that, hey, one of you has to be in the studio and the other one join via video and... And I don't know, because I feel like this is strange how Jenny chooses to not be with Sumit for the tell-all. I thought they usually come as a package. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like you said, Lon, before we record, it's a lot of rehashing. And I think for them, the rehashing of you know her relationship with his family. Right. And I don't think there was any huge takeaway except for the fact that the mom is still not accepting but yep. it seems like she and her brother-in-law and sister-in-law are getting along fine and even to a certain extent the dad as well seems to be accepting of her it's just the mom is that same hurdle that she has to overcome so anything else that we missed that you might want to point out I forget who, but somebody called out Submit by saying that he's kind of playing both sides, which is what mm. I think we kind of mentioned this in our previous recordings. He says things to make them feel better. He tries to appease his parents, but then he tries to appease Jenny. Yeah. And because of that, he's never quite fully on board with either side. And yeah, just when someone called him out on that, I was like, Yep, like we've been saying that. He's just kind of trying to make both sides feel better about about what's going on. And I don't know, if he stays like that, I don't think he's ever going to be happy. Yep. And I'm guessing this pertains to the topic of starting a family where he confidently told his family that, yes, we'll have a kid. And then Jenny, when she heard that, she was like, I'm blindsided by this. Yeah. I didn't know you wanted to have kids. I can't have kids. I right. already have a kid. <laughs> right. So what are we doing about this? Right. Did you say something about adopting something? Yeah. He kind of like cop out and said, well, we can look into adopting. It doesn't have to be like a kid of our own. or Yeah. Whatever, but... but Jenny pushed back hard and said, look, I'm not at that age where I want to be taken care of. Yeah. A kid of my own or adopted. Right. So I, I don't know where they left that off. Jenny and Smith, I don't think either of them contributed a lot. It wasn't mm -hmm. until the final tell-all episode when Jenny got pissed off and started shouting. Ed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that maybe she spoke the most, but they were both pretty quiet the entire time. For, yeah. At least from my perception of things. Yeah. Sumit didn't really instigate or he didn't really, you know, rub salt on someone's wound yeah. or the I forgot he was on the sh on the show. Yeah. Like there was a moment where they flashed to him from like, you know, the satellite or whatever and I was just so surprised to see him. I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh wait, no, he's on this he's yeah. on the season. Oh, shit. We almost <laughs> forgot that he yeah, he's on. <laughs> and he didn't even say anything. When they flashed him, all he did was smile at the camera and then that was it. Like, oh, it's a reminder that he's here. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of eavesdropping. But no, I didn't think either of them really contributed. Yeah, you're right. And I hope, I don't know about y'all, but I hope that this is the last we hear from yes. Jenny and Sumit because yes. I'm over their storyline. I don't know how long they're going to continue with the whole family feud between, you know, the mom and them. And I'm guessing they will attempt to be relevant by trying to get Sumit to come to the U.S., but it's apparent that Sumit's not interested, right? Yeah. Right. So another nondescript couple to me is Shaida and Bilal. Though it sickens me how <laughs> Big Ed says like, oh, I look up to him. 
to Bilal and like he was they, on... they were both sucking up to each other, like stroking each other's ego yeah. throughout the entire yes. tell all. And I was like super disgusted. Yeah. But yeah, I think Sharida spoke a lot in this uh tell all. Like she was being very firm about a lot of topics and she didn't uh hold back. She spoke her mind, which is great. Bilal was always trying to play cool and trying to be pragmatic about a lot of topics. And then I guess, you know, it all culminates to this very cute moment where Bilal got down on one knee and I don't know if you can call it a proposal, but yeah, it is a proposal to have. Will you go finally 50, have a kid with me on a baby? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? Right. <laughs> and also, I think from the first episode too, we found out that they're finally having sex without protection. Good mm. for them. Because that's how you get a baby. <laughs> they're trying. They're trying. Right? Yeah. Right. And I was just going to say, all she had to do was what? Reverse psychologize? Like, oh, I don't want a baby anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then now I want to focus on my business. Hey, yeah. how about that joint account? And he's like, oh, okay, maybe we, we should have a baby. Yeah. But here's the thing, like, and I think it's okay. And I tweeted this. It's okay to change your mind. You know, yeah, it's okay absolutely. to change your mind. And yeah, sure. You know, there's, again, the, the factors of her age and things like that. But it's okay to change your mind, especially when you don't have the whole picture. You think you do, but things change. And with Shaida, things just started to change. Like the she started following through or her and Bilal started following through on the business side of things with the yoga studio and stuff. And sure enough, her life started to change. And when the business started to open up and they started working on that, now she's thinking, oh, well, my energy is going into the yoga studio or whatever. And do I want to have a baby right now? Like fucking that happens that like yeah. life happens like that. Yeah. So like, I think, you know, it's okay when, when the window of opportunity is there, but then all of a sudden it's not. And then you you change your mind. That's totally fine. And I think that's just what happened with Shahida. She started focusing on her business more and the whole picture started to come in, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she's like, now she wants to do this. But then Valal being Valal is like, oh, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, by the end of it, it seemed like they both were on the same page about it. But to me, it, I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> but she just told you that like her life is changing and her priorities are changing. And now you're just now you're going to be like, well, will you go 50 50 with me on having this kid? <laughs> like, It's funny how just as she's about to pivot and be successful at a career, he tries to take control back. I felt like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like subjugating her to this housewife role of, hey, let's have a baby. It just seems like, hmm, I wonder if, if this is a fake thing or if this is the real him, you know? Like, right. is he just toying with her all this time and he's just he just wants to see where this goes and then now that she's about to get successful and, you know, her career is about to jump off and blow up. He's like, let me reel you back in. Bingo. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. But he asked. And that was, I think that was the saving grace was that he asked, he put her on the spot. Mm Y'all, let's be honest about that. He did put her on the spot, but he asked. That was a saving grace because she could have said no. And she Mm -hmm. said yes. But exactly your point, 100%. That it almost felt like that, like she just told you on the cameras that like things are changing for her and but it felt almost like he wants to control the situation, you know, but again, he asked and he gave her an opportunity to say yes or no. So I'm like, all right, well, he gets a pass for that one. And she said, yes. So I'm happy. I'm happy for them. And she even says it in the final moments of the last episode. And I hope if she means this, even even better. And she said, I finally feel like I'm getting the husband that I came to America for or something like that. Mm. And I was like, okay, cool. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> I guess the reverse psychology helped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she played him into her own hands. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about the drama between her best friend and his best friend? Uterus and I forgot the guy's name. I apologize. But... It just feels like, I don't know, It that was the spicy part of mm. 
their segment, I feel, is when the two friends argued and tried to defend their friend. And at some point, I felt uncomfortable too because the uh, Bilal's friend got really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I would admit that Utris kind of lost a point a little bit, but it just becomes like a he says, she said, like, I need, I need to have a last word type of situation. I, I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. I think, um, and you, you've you been saying this about Utris since Utris, you know, brought it up. He, he made a good point about her, like, I think that was his strongest. Oh, argument. is the advice, I think people, they the were arguing baby. about. No, I think, and a lot of people called, the other cast member called this out too, like, Utris, how can you give that kind of advice to your friend? Like, you know, not, oh, what if you forgot to wear your... Right. And that was the biggest, I think for him, that was the biggest argument. And I think too, that she doubled, she doubled down on that. Mm. Um, and and that's, yeah, like for me, that's no, you don't deceive someone into having a baby. That's very irresponsible. Mm. And if you're going to have children, I think both parties should want to enter into it willingly. And to be sprung on it like you're trapping someone into it is like, mm-hmm. it's a big no-no. And I think, you know, and you've been mentioning this for a few episodes already. And I think that was definitely a point where she lost on that. Mm-hmm. But there were times too where Bilal's friend was coming off just a little bit too much like manosphere-ish, very male, toxic. Very you know ma- what I mean? mansplaining-ish. Yeah. And I got, that's where I got Andrew Tate-ish almost oh. sometimes, right? Like it was way male domination style. Yeah. Like arguments or or maybe it had a tone to it. I don't have yeah. exact notes about the things he was saying. I just raised an eyebrow and went, hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it I almost felt like that where he's like, I'm men and men says this and Utris is trying to fight for like the women's perspective on it, you know, and and I get it. Utris is sticking up for Shaida and he's sticking up for Bilal, but it felt like opposing views. Here's the man view. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a women's view and he's just yeah. being, I'm the guy. And Very the guys machismo. Are like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that got a bit uncomfortable for me because it went from like zero to ten almost because he came across at first being very civil being very chill like you know almost like Bilal like very you know has that very calm demeanor and then suddenly like I guess when he went to bed for his friend I guess that's when that whole male (laughs) masculine whatever energy energy just came out and then it just was like like (laughs) anyway uh, would you like to see them again, Lon? You know, as much as I, I didn't really care too much for him, I am curious still. I am curious still. I want to see what Shaida does. I want to see how their relationship could change. And this is going to sound completely wrong, but she did express interest in getting like a boob job. You know, oh, and, yeah, and I'm, not inter- I'm not interested in the boobs. I want to see like how, if anything changes... I'm just down to see where the rest of the story goes. But like, yeah. there's definitely still some interest I have. Will I just roll my eyeballs and complain about them, you know, on the podcast? Maybe. But I still think there's some interest there, right? Yeah. <laughs> some I more had, of their story to flesh out. I was actually surprised that she expressed interest in getting a breast augmentation, if I'm not wrong. Breast augmentation. Yeah. And, yeah. and Bilal seemed, well, I couldn't tell if he was reluctant about her or he was giving her a look and she was like, what are you looking at? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I figured she should wait till maybe after she, hopefully she does get pregnant and then maybe after she starts breastfeeding, because I think that was one of the main motivation that Yara had is that after she gave birth and then she wasn't too happy with her body and then she Mm -hmm. felt like okay I need to do something about it and then turns out she went to the same plastic surgeon as the one that fixed Angela up Mm -hmm. not that Angela could be fixed but yes let's uh, move on to Jovi and Yara (laughs) Jovi and Yara wow tumultuous they're all over the place 
I feel bad for Jovi. Again, we've said it many times. He he comes off as controlling mm. sometimes, but in this tell-all, I felt where he was coming from and that a lot of his motivation is just trying to please Yara, to make Yara happy, even if it comes at the expense of like hurting his mom or hurting his family. And mm-hmm. like he kept saying, well, you know, I don't want to come home to my, to my wife and make my wife unhappy. And it doesn't seem like he wants to leave Louisiana and he understands where his mom's coming from, but he's getting pressure from his wife. Like his wife is unhappy, doesn't want to live there anymore. So he's just like, well, fine, we'll, we'll go somewhere else. We'll, we'll go where you want to go. And I understand the argument, you know, where I see both sides, right? I mean, if we're going to get a house, I want it to be under my name too. And she's like, well, what about what's for me? And I understand that. So they're just all over the place. I hope they can work it out. I know Jovi does have growing up to do, but let me go ahead and take it to uh, what I thought was the main point was he, he was defending his trip. I forget. Where did he go? Was it Europe? No. South it was Africa. South Africa. Sorry. Yeah. On safari. Right. Yeah. And um, I, you know what? Yeah, he could have rescheduled that trip. But to his point, this is something they did plan together. They did plan this together. Everyone was jumping on Jovi like, you're irresponsible. You shouldn't have done that. And he kept trying to tell them, like, we planned this together. I got the okay from her Mm. before the whole breast augmentation thing was even a thing. I got the okay from her to do this. So I could see him, like, scheduling his life around that decision. And then for her to flip-flop on it later on, and I think it was, like, two weeks before the trip was going to happen. Yeah. I get that. I get where you're like, well, we'd already said that this was going to happen. Like, you expect me to back out now? And Mm -hmm. y'all, before you roast me on this, like, I can see both sides. I get it. It would be responsible for him to stay. But also, they said this was okay. And he made the plans. And I think he was going to join with his friends too, like, to completely back out two weeks before the trip. You know, and who said that it was just cosmetic again? That was a really great point. Was it Liz? It was a cosmetic surgery, not necessarily like a life. Yeah. It, you know, endangering what, one or whatever. What people say is it this is voluntary and elective. It, this is an mm. elective surgery, not mm. like a it's a life or death type of situation where you she know, was you, hospitalized because yeah. she was dying. This it is something like that, that she could easily reschedule around not way in advance, but she could wait for him to come back from South Africa. Right, but she chose to <laughs> schedule it around. The Y'all, you can get a boob day. job anytime. You know, we have nothing against boob jobs, whatever. But you can get it anytime. Yeah. <laughs> she could have got it when he came back. And that's why I thought that it was also irresponsible of her to then complain about, oh yeah, you know, I can't lift Myla up, you know, otherwise the stitch would come out and everything. And I'm like, well, you should have thought through that <laughs> during the yeah. consultation or something, because. Like, this is a chicken and egg thing, right? Like, which one comes first? To me, the vacation was planned first. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it may sound selfish or self-serving, but that came first. And then she scheduled the surgery afterwards after they've planned the trip. And I'm guessing they must have booked a flight, you know, put some sort of deposit on the safari Mm -hmm. tour, that kind of stuff. Yes. So I I don't know why people don't see that she's being the selfish one for dropping this on Jovi. And again, like you said, someone mentioned that, well, this is cosmetic. It's not like, right. you know, some sort of like surgery that your doctor wants you to yeah. go to to save your life or to get better health-wise. This is more of like <sighs> enhancement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I have Yara's back on, I would say, 80 to 90% of the things, the troubles and struggles that they've experienced. Her, you know, raising Mila mostly on her own, her having to move to America without any friends and family, even at times when like she doesn't want to go out and Jovi still wants to stay out. Like I've been team Yara, but on this one, I'm going to say, you know, it was fair for Jovi to say, look, I can't just back out two weeks before the trip. Like mm-hmm. if I were Jovi, I could have said, well, can't you reschedule this? And Angela tried to chime in. Well, I think the dates are blah, 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 blah. And you can't really do it like that and stuff. Well, okay, you can't do it like right away, but you can push it out a month, two months, three months, whatever. Like we're going to be married. I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life, right? Hopefully. 
you can get it whenever you can yeah. you can get that and i support it 100 but the cast members turned it into something they made it a bigger deal than it really was and they made jovi look like a piece of shit for it and i'm just like what what's that about like yeah they decided this together even yara almost started to really like fight for him and say look we worked through it and it's okay and we're fine and it's fine it's not that big of a deal right yeah the other point of contention, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the fact that the mom said that she's planning to move closer to them, but then now they're planning to move away yeah, from the state. <laughs> so I thought that was also a shitty thing. But again, this comes back to what you said earlier, Lon, which is I guess Jovi wants to please Yara by moving away from Louisiana because clearly she's miserable there. But then like people are asking, so are you still moving to Europe? Are you still buying a property in Europe like what's the outcome of that like oh mm. where where did you leave that where's that at are we still going ahead with it so like I'm somewhat confused on that part yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I think um I would let Yara have that it's easier said than done I don't know how Jovi feels but you know again Jovi wants his name to, attached to everything and I think it's the way it's being framed Yara wants to have something for herself, but then mm. framing it around this context that we're not going to work out and I need a safety net. Mm. You know, it, somebody said it. Was it Liz? Somebody said something like, well, it, it seems like almost like you're planning an escape route. And I was yeah. like, and that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem is that it didn't it, it didn't seem like it was just like something for you to kind of protect yourself in the event that it were to go wrong. It seems like you're already being proactive in that. Things are going the wrong way and you're making Jovi feel like he has to fight now to save the marriage yeah. rather than, oh, well, if things don't work out, then at least you have something. You're putting him in this position to feel like his marriage is failing and that he has to save it or something. Mm. Yeah. Fight or flight in a way. Yeah. But that does suck that the mom is moving closer <laughs> to them and they're leaving anyway. Yeah, I think that's the part where Jovi does look like a douchebag that needs to grow up because it comes across as he wants the mom to always be available to help them out with the kid. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't know how lucky they are that they have a parent who's willing to take the load off while they go out and, you know, have date nights and some of us are not that lucky we live far away from our family and you know we may not get that type of help right right so i think that's the part where i was like man jovi needs to be nicer to his mom and yeah. and, and his mom calling him out on like yeah he you need to grow up jovi i, I was like yep a hundred percent like that he definitely does need to grow up yeah but i also think yara can be less could kind of demanding? ease up on some of the, yeah. the the demands, right? Yeah, I think the reason Jovi is in a weird position with Mila is because I think Yara doesn't want to hire like babysitters. Yara is so mm -hmm. like, we can't trust anybody with Mila. Mm -hmm. All right, well now you're having to put Jovi in this position where okay, fine, the only person to depend on is my mom, because. You know, I kept I keep thinking, why why can't they just hire like a sitter? If they need help, why can't they just hire a sitter? And yeah. then I remember that like I think I believe, like, and maybe it's Yara and Jovi, they don't trust anybody else. Like they want it to be someone they one hundred percent completely trust. And I get it, as parents out there, there's probably some of y'all that are like, Yeah, I would never trust my child with a stranger or with somebody. Yeah. So I kind of get that. But when closest relatives two hours away. <laughs> Yeah, something's got to give yeah, yeah something's got to give much. right yeah and i think too the other unfair part about this is the comparison that yara makes right it's that if we live in europe my mom will t automatically take care of the baby like she will go out of her way to take care of myla mm -hmm. whereas jovi's mom you can see that she's struggling because they are that far apart but she's making an effort and what i admire about her is she's also taking a stance of like look I may be Myla's grandmom, but I'm not y'all's babysitter or nanny. Like, you cannot take me for granted like that. Right. Like, she said something about, I'm, is it she's 57 or 67? Like, I'm not planning to be, like, 
going two, three hours one way just to like look after your kid. You you guys got to do something about that, you know? Mm -hmm. Happy to spend time with her, but I'm not y'all's kid's caretaker or something. Yeah. So I think she has a valid point there. But in Yara's head, I it just seems like, oh, if I were to be in Europe, this is no issue. My mom will take care of Myla, like no questions asked. Like this is not going to be a problem. Like she will come to me. Right. No matter what. So I think that's that unfair biases that I think that Yara projects out and maybe Jovi's also kind of like sucked into it. And now he sees his mom as like, oh, you're this unwilling grandparent who doesn't want to cooperate, who doesn't want to like help out. But like, yo, you guys chose to be parents. Mm -hmm. You have to raise your kid. I mean, whether it's by yourself or with or without help, that's your responsibility. And wasn't it too Yara's decision? The neighborhood they lived in. Yeah, she wanted to be out in in like the fucking cut somewhere, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And I think that she puts chose her that further neighborhood. away. Yeah. yeah, puts puts them further away from his Gwen's. Like Jovi wanted to be close, like live in the city because it was accessible for his mom. Yeah, but she was like, "No, nah, we got to live out in the suburbs somewhere." <laughs> Yeah, because I think this is the part where she's like, the further away we are from the city, the you're less right. you'll go to a strip club. But again, that's like it goes back to them. It's like the problem is that you need to solve is you guys, you know. So I guess then comes the question: Do we want to see them again? Are we interested to see if they're gonna have a second child? Is Yara gonna move to Europe? Like, what what are we thinking here? I still like Jovi and Yara. This tell-all for me was kind of weird because. I didn't like how Yara was coming across and how felt like Jovi was being bullied. But mm -hmm. in terms of watching them as a couple, I'm still interested to watch like Jovi and Yara. Okay. I still am. Yeah. This season wasn't very exciting. I don't think mm. like the whole let's go do humanitarian work because of Ukraine <laughs> and stuff like that was just such a weird context for their relationship yeah. and it didn't <laughs> i don't think they did anything it's <laughs> really. so disingenuous like yeah what what is the work that they did like what is the assistance <laughs> that she provided that she was so fighting hard for yeah you know if you miss your family and friends back home just say that yeah you don't have to put up a front and say ukraine needs my help <laughs> you know my fellow ukrainians need my help and then ends up like Nothing really happened. Nothing happened. You guys ended up going to Germany, if anything, yeah. and it became yeah. a European holiday. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm down to see what happens if they go to Florida, definitely, and see if things continue to get interesting for them. I still like Jovi and Yara as a young couple. I think they're relatable. I relate more to sure. them than any of the other couples this season. So I'm down to see them again, but I like seeing fresh faces too, though. Mm, yeah. I think I feel indifferent. I don't know if I care enough to want to have them back, but then I don't really mind if they come back. Uh, what I don't mind is if we see less of Usman mm -hmm. and Kimberly since they're technically over. That's done. Yeah, done, done, right? Hopefully. I hope so. Here's the thing about Kim and Angela. I don't think they're over like Usman and Michael. I think they know it's done mm -hmm. or it should be done. Mm -hmm. But I think they're having a hard time letting go. I think for Angela, it's about control. Mm. Like she feels empowered being with someone like Michael, whom she can like boss around. Mm. And she likes drama in her life. Mm -hmm. It just seems like. Yeah. I don't know about Kim. Kim seems like she's just out there to have fun and just test the water. And she just happens to be with Nigerian Michael Jackson and she yeah. likes the idea. It's almost Didn't like she, an, say so, she said something like she'd fly out there for the yammy or whatever. Yeah, like you know, we can be <laughs> friends with benefit. It's like Yeah. Girl, <laughs> have some self-respect, yo. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad I think didn't Sean Robinson take a quick poll amongst the cast member and say, Hey, how many of y'all think that Usman is a scammer? <laughs> Yeah. And I think a lot of them felt that way or maybe half. Of, I don't know. I forgot. But like it's about time someone kind of call him out on his whole 
90 day fiance appearance here. It's just right. for promos and, right, right. you know, for clout. So it's not necessarily scamming in the way people think Nigerian scammers like yeah. do scams, right? Like, yeah, it's not that kind of a scam. It's more that he is like stretching these 15 minutes. He is trying to stay on the franchise. He is mm -hmm. trying to promote his music mm -hmm. and he needs a way to do that. And he's trying to stay relevant. For yes. Sure. Yes. And that's the scam is hooking up with, you know, someone like Kim to keep him on the show, to keep mm -hmm. the music thing going. And he knows full well that this isn't going to lead anywhere. So it's it just sucks that people have to fall in love and he's playing with people's like emotions and people's hearts uh when he does that so that's the big scam there and, yeah um, then i would say it's tlc that enables it because mm. i'm guessing before they start filming they sit you down and they're like hey what do we want to do with your storyline because we're gonna have to film you in a certain way in a certain light saying certain things and i want to play your music <laughs> yeah you know and did did Kim say she didn't know that he got her number? The what's the other? Like she knew that they met and that they talked about you know marriage and stuff, but oh, she didn't, didn't know that the scene where he asked for her Farida number for the yeah, number. yeah 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 yeah. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't blame her. I guess that's a very easy detail that he probably didn't reveal to her right or you know he concealed that and she didn't know until she watched the show or she watched that clip she was working under the assumption i think that like this was all for show and that it was just going to be a meeting mm -hmm. but then seeing him say well let me get your number though and we can kind of keep in touch and stuff mm -hmm. made it oh well it, like you're seriously entertaining this this wasn't mm -hmm. just kind of some like meet and greet or whatever you know what i yeah. mean to, to just talk it was you're really actually gonna entertain it and get serious about it yeah yeah i'm actually surprised that it was usman and angela that got into it from the beginning instead of because remember when we first started talking about this season of happily ever after and i i think i casually mentioned oh my God, I can't wait for the tell-all because imagine Angela and Kim being in the same room and how they're both like strong personalities and they're just going to go off and catfight each other in a way. And then it turns out they became like good friends <laughs> at the yeah. end of it all. And I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. But then just to remind the viewers, it was Angela who started the whole like, she did the walk-off because she called Usman a bitch and Usman clapped back and said, oh, crazy ass hoe or something like that. <laughs> and, and then she was like, whoa, someone actually fought back and she just couldn't take it. And she just walked off. Right. And so did Michael. And I was just surprised that towards the end of it, like Kim was being very understanding and patient with her. Kim, she was being very firm in the sense that she did say, well, what Angela said is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. But then she didn't really make a big deal out of it. So it's almost like we saw a very, oh, how do you say, like she's, she toned down on the drama. Angela did? Or Kim, Kim did? Kimberly. Yeah. But I think because they're all walking on eggshells though when it comes to Angela. I got that sense too. I feel like, they don't want to offend her because they don't want to yeah. deal with her. Exactly. It's not so much they're scared. They just don't want the drama that comes with Angela flying off the handle. Yes. 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 Anything else you want to say about Usman and Kimbali? Well, you know, she said that she, that it was her decision mm -hmm. to leave. Mm -hmm. And again, I, if we don't ever see them again, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't feel that at the end of it, Kim was fully over Usman. That's all. Mm. Okay. Shall we just briefly talk about Angela since we already start mentioning her? I mean, I guess since this is a tell-all, we might as well cover everyone. Do you think that drama was fake? The whole <laughs> Michael calling this American person? and mm, Yeah, I don't think it was fake. I don't think it was 
Okay, wait. <laughs> it's a big deal. Cheating is bad, y'all. Cheating is bad. I tweeted this one out. Yeah. Cheating is bad. Yeah. I don't like how the cast made it into this super like big deal and like you were so disappointed in you. I get that. It's disappointing that, that someone you're rooting for is cheating. But they fell into this kind of Angela's a bigger victim. And I don't think that's right. I get that Angela got cheated on and I mm-hmm. feel bad for that. Yeah. I feel bad for anyone that gets cheated on. But the abuse that he endured throughout the seasons that he's been on the show with Angela, mm-hmm. they don't just get wiped away because. He yeah. Cheated. Yeah. You know, that- and how about the fact that they downplayed the fact that she also kind of cyber cheated by yes. talking to that dude from Canada. They she flirts with people all the time, y'all. Right. I mean, she even told Andre that maybe she'll get with Chuck. Yeah. Well, come on. Like, these are Michael things she does on a daily. That. Yeah, and yeah, that recording was pretty bad, right? Like, here's what made it bad for me. He said something about sending her money or something. Yeah, that was. Ew, that was like that was a gut punch. What's like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I get it, right? But then, like, this whole victimization of Angela was just. No, like I still think Michael is still very much a victim to Angela's abuse. And we don't just give her a pass all of a sudden because she's crying that that she got got cheated cheated on. on. And it wasn't even physical, really. Right. That doesn't excuse it. Yeah. Right. But the entire cast had just turned on Michael and was like, oh, we're sorry, Angela. Poor Angela, this Angela. And Angela's crying like, do I deserve this? And I'm just like, <laughs> I was just so over it. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not a big deal. Is it bad that I don't feel bad? Again, I don't condone It's hard cheating. to feel bad It's hard for to feel her. bad for Angela. That's yeah. the thing, especially since she's still abusing Michael and mm-hmm. again I think maybe the remedy here is they shouldn't be with each other because it's just going to be super toxic mm-hmm. yeah and are they officially done because if they're not she's she's all not that letting she, she go was, remember the bartender and she's yeah. like yeah kind of like holler at him yeah and do you have a friend or whatever yeah <laughs> it was just come on man dude I don't think she's ready to let go Michael again this yeah. is all about control and she feels that she's too invested. But I don't know why she can't see that they're going around in circles here. Yeah. And her friends sort of enable it too in a way because, well, that one friend that came on the show in person, I mean, I thought she was probably the most practical of them all. Like she really assessed their marriage really well in a way. And I think short of saying that they shouldn't be together, maybe because she's afraid of offending Angela, but I don't know what else to say. Like, Is there anyone online talking about like how sus the fan cheating with Michael thing is? Or did you get any? I have to read up some more about the whole. Like... Yeah. So for I just me, thought it was fake because it's, yeah. it's just a voicemail. And it, here's the thing for me, y'all. This is why for me it was sus. So it, it must have been a trap because who gets into, into an online relationship just to intentionally throw the person under the bus later. Because mm. if what I remember correctly is whoever that was sent the receipts to Angela or to some, I think it was like that. That's how she found out. Yeah. Right? It, no, like, no, she, the the person maybe forwarded the voicemail to a right. friend who then forwarded it to Angela, like to uh, to Angela's friend and who then forwarded it to her. So it's it almost felt like, like it was that. a trap. Yeah, like it was a trap. Like, yeah. <sighs> You know what I mean? And then that's why it was sus. Like, uh, come on, man. That's sus. Like, yeah. If I were really trying to cheat with a cast member, I'd keep it under wraps. Send me the fucking money, Michael. Like, let's get into this relationship. Fuck Angela, whatever. Yeah. But because it was like, so like, we're going to throw him under the bus. It was just like, that was super sus to me. And I was, I don't know it again. Yeah. Felt like a trap and didn't seem real. To me, this seems like a scheme where Angela is still trying to stay relevant mm. in the 90 Day Fiance universe, you know? She still wants to be filmed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not with it. that. Yeah. I'm over it. I'm over <laughs> it, guys. Sorry. Not sorry. All right. I thought we can also talk about Andre and Libby. 
Mr. I have to turn on closed caption because everything he says is a bleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where to start here. I'm sorry. I feel like Andre and Libby's drama is, like you said, right? It's tied to the extended family, obviously. Exactly. And his green card. And yeah. Now Not his much lawyer to say. Is, Yeah. Now his lawyer even came on the show to like defend him and to like, you know, give her professional insight on things. And I don't know. I can't get behind Andre, honestly. I mean, I, in his mind, he can do no wrong. Yeah. But I caught the scene where he and... Was it Becky? Sort of like reconciling or the Yeah, backstage like, or whatever. Yeah. He's trying to be cool with him. He's trying to be and cool say, with her. I don't want to yeah. get in between your family. I don't want to break up your family like that and stuff yeah. like that. To me, that was kind of cool. But just like you said, like a lot of the what was interesting about Andre and Libby is not Andre and Libby. It's it's the interactions with the family. And again, they had to bring Charlie on. They had to bring the sisters on, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because without them, what do we get? We get Libby singing, what was it? Like Mary, Mary had a little had lamb. A little <laughs> <lamb>. <laughs> I don't like when y'all put me on the spot. This is well, here, here we go. Mary right. had a little lamb. Okay. <laughs> Dude, her vocals were great though. I mean, yeah. She yeah, she can nice sing. Nice singing voice, okay? She can sing. It's just like... Yo, but what about that Christmas photo, though, where she's on her hands and knees, though? What about that? Did you uh, see that? I didn't. What is that? Remember, I, I think I tagged link. you. I tagged you on Instagram. No, shit. I got to check my. She's like in like a Santa lingerie or something. And she's like showing her butt. Come oh. on. I didn't tag you in that. No, you did no, not. So is that the weird. wrong Nadia? Oh, my I'm God. I'm not judging, y'all. I'm not judging. I'm just like, is this what it comes to? Is is this the whole 90 day to OnlyFans Only pipeline? Fans. Yeah. yeah. But again, like, no judgment. It was just a, a weird looking photo. And I, I know there's some of y'all that know what I'm talking about. During the holidays when Libby, like, snapped a photo where she's in, like, red. I think it's red, if my memory serves me correctly. She's, like, in red lingerie. And she's on, like, her hands and knees being really sexy and showing her, her butt. Again, no judgment, y'all. Like. Sex work is work to me. <laughs> it's cool. I'm cool with it. I'm it's just like, it's just becoming a pattern with 90 Day Fiance now. And I'm just like, yeah. hmm, you know. I mean, the name of the game here is staying relevant. So yeah, you got to melt those 15. You got to really melt those 15 minutes. I thought it was awkward when you brought up the lawyer, when the lawyer had to like come and defend. And the lawyer was like kind of scolding the family and was like, it's a federal offense for anyone yeah. to be blah, 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 blah. And, and you could tell the family was like, what are you fucking telling us for? Like, yeah. Like, we have nothing to do with this. I don't know why you're saying this. And the lawyer's like, yeah, you better not. Federal offense. <laughs> you know, she won't be doing her job if she didn't remind yeah. people that it's, it is a felony to uh, report on others. Yeah. And, you know, all this They're... falsified information. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Yeah. Again, do I want to see them? I don't want to see them on like a show with other couples because I think I'm over it. I'm over Maybe it. if they have their own show, I'll, you know, I'll be okay with that, but I won't watch it. <laughs> but I don't want to see Andre just berate Libby for fucking 30 yeah. minutes. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that either. Yeah. It's toxic. Like, nobody yeah. wants to see that, dude. And it's so weird, right? Because Andre it's sort of ride or die for his wife but at the same time it's almost like he's the only one who gets to abuse her yeah yeah like and he was he was a bully this tell-all too i felt like he was on here and he seemed like he was scoring points with the other cast members and stuff but he was really going at jovi for every little yeah. thing he was, he was going yeah. at jovi for yeah and i'm surprised he didn't go hard on big ed didn't big ed call him an idiot or something or or maybe Big Ed called Jovi an idiot, but Big Ed said something about Andre, and I was surprised he didn't get all riled up because if that was Charlie, he would have stood up and yeah. tried to go for it. But yeah, I'm actually surprised there wasn't any physical altercation between Andre and Charlie. I thought there would be, but I guess everyone... they get out of their seats. <laughs> yeah, that everyone stayed put on the couch, yeah. and maybe that's for the best. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just surprised, I guess. But are we surprised about Big Ed and Liz? She can do better. To me, 
uh, surprise isn't the right word. We all know how shitty Big Ed can be. Um, but because like I fast forwarded through most of their scenes and stuff, a lot of the stuff was just context I was getting from the tell all. So I just think they're not for each other. I think they're better off not with each other. However, the cast members were thinking it was a weird thing that they were living separately. Yeah. Um, y'all, I just want to say that relationships are complicated and some situations work out better for couples. And before I moved in with my current girlfriend now, we were living separate and it was good and it's fine. So I understand that. I understand how that, for Big Ed at least, how it works out for him where they have their own space and and then when they do link up it is better and it's and it's healthier like you know and they're like well that's just weird i'm like well no because they're away from the toxicity of being together yeah you know um, all the time and stuff so i was like i don't think it's as weird as the cast members were making it out to be when he was explaining their separate living arrangements it's the way that it was framed because they were both living together at first mm. and then she got kicked out mm. That's why they really hunker down on that point of like, oh, it's so weird that you're living separately from your fiance and you see each other. What was it like every other night? Every other. Yeah, it's every other. Right, right. And then when they do see each other separate bedrooms. So that was kind of weird. I was like, Like, even at this tell all, Jovi called out the fact that Liz and Ed were not staying in the same bedroom. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I feel a lot of compassion towards Liz because when I hear her talk and when I see the way she seems like she's empowered, especially since she's surrounded by other women who support her. But then I can also see her going back to Ed. And the reason why I say I'm compassionate is because sometimes when you're abused like that, it takes a while to pry yourself away, Mm -hmm. you know, because you just don't see yourself in that very toxic environment until you reach a certain point and then something in your head clicks and then you're like, okay, yeah, enough is enough. Like right now, I don't know if she's hit that ceiling yet. Like I feel like she's trying to make sense of this relationship. And what I hate about it is that she's trying to change him for the better but Ed thinks that she's playing the victim because he sees himself as a victim, which is, it's. I mean, like, let's face it, Ed is the king of deflection. He's a massive gaslighter. He got caught trying to holler at Rose. Yeah. <laughs> and he has the cheek to say, like, oh, me no speak English. Like, bitch, please. Like, you, you got caught cheating, bro. Like, someone outed you and you still want to deny it and, and then play the victim. That is the most ridiculous thing that like you got caught and admit to it you know and how frustrating was it when he was just missing everything that she did as performance yes you're the fucking king of performance bro yeah like everything you do is a performance taking the ring away from her on on national tv with the cameras rolling is performance yeah you're all fucking performance like and you had the nerve to invalidate and dismiss Liz's feelings and Liz's experience by saying you're just this is all fucking performance art or whatever yeah for you like yep. no even the, him getting the final word when he didn't like that she was too busy for him at the time he was trying to say bye mm-hmm. that was performance oh mm. well I'm, I'm gonna text her and the producer and say hey I don't want you coming with me you need to set up a separate flight for he knew like he knew what to do to get under her skin and to hurt her that way like yeah i don't want you coming with me set up your own separate shit and like sending that text message right when you sent it on camera and like dictating narrating it for us and stuff i was like dude <laughs> fuck you man like yeah and, and i just feel so bad for liz whenever liz like speaks and she's like half speaking half crying and just I empathize with that. And there's times too, when she's not the healthiest and, you know, she's not saying the best things, but at the same time, like I can understand what pushes someone to that point. And I just feel so bad, so bad for her. I hope the very best for her. I really do. I hope she gets that. She's able to get out of this. Yeah. I hope that this whole tug of war 
that she's kind of getting sucked into with Ed, like she's able to escape it. Yeah, yeah. it's just not a good look for her. Look, we can all sit here behind our mics or behind a keyboard and say, you know, Liz could do better. Or, you know, even Stevie Wonder could see how toxic their relationship is, right? But then Liz has to really help herself out of it mm. too. The other thing that I wish Liz could do better in is to, you know, have a bit more self-respect because no self-respecting woman would want to be with someone like Ed, honestly. Mm. And sometimes too, like this is a very unpopular opinion. I'm probably going to get roasted as well. But whenever she tries to make sense of this toxicity, it just tells me that she has like high school level EQ when it comes to relationship. Like she's clinging on to Ed for, we don't know why. Maybe it's the clout. Mm. Maybe she wants the clout too. And she kept saying like, oh, he's so good to my daughter. You know what? So will a million other people, a million other guys in this world, any decent person will be nice, will be good to your kids. It just doesn't have to be big Ed. <laughs> right. There's issues there. There's some underlying issues that she yeah. has to work out. And that's the thing is it's very different when you're in the relationship. Yes. And as Nadia said, it's easy for us behind the mics to point out and say this could be done. This could be done. You know, she's living in that experience. And when you're living in that experience, it's very different to kind of see outside of these perspectives. Mm -hmm. But to Nadia's point, time could be better spent for Liz to be doing the work on her own yeah, and away from Ed and just working on, on Liz and working on those issues, uh, working on, okay, what makes me come back to this relationship? What yeah. makes me think I can't do better than Ed? Yep. What makes me want to continue to stay with Ed knowing full well that he's not good for me and, and he's, he's toxic. Yeah. Like Liz can be working on those issues and, and kind of getting into that self-improvement on her own away yeah. from that and then that'll lead her to better relationships she has um, to be honest with herself too like mm. she has to really really look deep inside and and be honest with herself and be like well why am i still with this guy is, is there yeah. something to it like yeah is it because of the show <laughs> I, I mean because the longer she stays in that relationship the more she looks stupid like of course right now we pity her we empathize with her you know, I've been in toxic relationships, so I can tell when someone acts like that, like I can totally relate because, you know, I w was also surrounded by my girlfriends saying, Nadia, you can do better. You need to move on. You you know, you don't have to put up with this shit. And then I'll be like, yeah, you guys are right, blah, blah, blah. And then I still go back. And you go back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I can kind of see that in her right now. And I think that the conversation she needs to have is with herself and figure out, is this who she wants to be with? Because the longer she stays with him, the more it looks stupid on her, a foolish, I would say stupid, a harsh word, but it's like, it looks more foolish on her part. You know, it's like now mm. it's shame on her, not shame on him. Yeah. What's the saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool yeah. me twice, shame, shame on, on me. me. Yeah. So... <laughs> I don't really want to see them again. It's very toxic, just very uncomfortable. And that's why we don't cover them during our regular coverage of this 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After. But yeah, I mean, this tell-all pretty much tells you all the reasons why we don't. It's because this is just something so toxic that it makes us uncomfortable to talk about. I would like to see Liz. I would like to continue watching Liz. On Single Life? Single Life or some other show away from Ed. Mm. I think she's a really good person. I think she's super interesting. I think Ed dulls her shine. Mm. I think we're seeing her as Ed's new partner rather than seeing Liz as Liz. But yeah. if we could get Liz to do her own thing or in a healthier relationship or even in a pillow talk with maybe one of her friends where someone who's positive, someone who brings out the best in yeah. her, yeah, someone she can be her true self around, yeah. not just Ed's partner or whatever, this yeah. toxic element that Ed brings out of her. I think we could really fall in love with Liz. Like, I really like Liz <laughs> from what yeah. I've seen. 
And it's just a shame that Liz is tied up with the negativity and the shit show that's that's big head. Yeah. Liz need to uh, connect with Rose and get that glow up. Get that glow up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe. I think we've spoken enough about the tell-all. I mean, it's a four-part special and there's a lot to cover. And because we are 90 Day Fiancé WTF podcast, we will end the show with our WTF moment. So, Lon, over to you. Uh, I want to say my WTF moment was... Was Angela hitting on the bartender guy Ew. in the in this final episode? <laughs> I forgot how the scene exactly went, but she's just really like full of herself, hitting on the guy, asking if he's got. I don't know if she asked if he had any friends in town and that she was ready to party and stuff. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. no, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, <laughs> and and on that note too, it was fucked up how Big Ed treated the bartender, right? Like he what? called him stupid or something. What? Yeah, he catch that. So he's like, "What's your name?" And the bartender's like, "Valentino" or something like that. And he goes, "Oh, are you uh, are you Italian?" And he's like, "Uh, no, I'm Mexican or I'm Spanish or something. I forget exactly what." And Big Ed is like, "Me too." He goes, "Oh, you are." And then he says something like, "Yeah, are you stupid?" And then the cast members jump on him and like. Why are you talking to the bartender like that, Ed? Like that's not cool. And he tried to say it jokingly, like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, are you, are you fucking dumb? Do I look fucking Italian to you?" Like, and it was just so it just reeked of like self righteousness and yeah. like entitlement and the Preach. and like yeah. And I think um, Jovi said something about it. Maybe even Andre, I forgot. But they were like, "Bit like Ed, what are you? <laughs> the fuck? You don't treat people like that." Yeah, you know, yeah. I think my WTF moment is, uh, well, one is when Angela came on to the show before they even recorded it officially and started to cuss out Usman. And I'm glad that Usman cussed her back. And (laughs) I guess that's when you find out that Angela couldn't take what she dishes out. (laughs) I thought she was going to be gone for the rest of tell-all, but she came back. (laughs) Yeah. And she actually apologized. I'm not sure if Mm. you remember. She actually apologized. Yeah. Yeah, and I think too, like, she was clearly projecting. Yeah. She called Usman a scammer. What makes she think that Michael isn't one also? Mm. You know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the other WTF moment for me is when Big Ed asked for the engagement ring back after oh. he got caught. Ugh. Yeah. Only Big Ed can turn the tables like that in the most disgusting, despicable uh, I, I that whole thing, yeah, we didn't even get into that entire thing, but his account was active on the dating website, and yeah, and he, he tried to deflect by saying, Ew, it's so weird that your mom and you are on a you know, created an account. Why? Because you're on it, and we need you're to see off. proof, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Oh, why, why do you do this spy work? Blah blah blah. It's like, <laughs> Anyway, fucking Eddie. Yeah, fucking big it. All right, y'all. I think we've spoken enough. This is our return to podcasting in 2023. I hope y'all have been having a great start to your year. Me and Lon, we miss recording and talking with y'all. So feel free to engage with us. Any last words, Lon? Anything you want to quickly recommend anyone, any shows? We are watching The Last of Us on <gasps> HBO. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. If you're not watching it, it's based on the on the PlayStation 5 game or PlayStation game period. It's, it started on PlayStation 3, I believe. Mm-hmm. But if you're not a fan of video games, don't let that deter you. It's a really good story. And it's uh, two episodes in right now. And it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. Yep. And I think we also highly recommend The White Lotus. White Lotus. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, uh, I guess Jennifer Coolidge really gave the performance of a life on it. And I've always been a fan of Mike White. (laughs) His dramedy is always tastefully done. And you know what? HBO has really good content. Yeah, HBO is killing it. So I'm I'm late to White Lotus. I watched it because I heard Aubrey Plaza was in season two. So I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, but I can't watch season two without watching season one. And that's what got me onto White Lotus. I was slow to catch up on White Lotus season two, but when I watched the Golden Globes and 
unfortunately, well, fortunately, Jennifer Coolidge won an award and she spoiled the ending. Oh, no. I had to watch it. I was like, well, I guess I can't chill anymore. I have to binge it now. Yeah. Because uh, I plan to like put it on the back burner and like, you know, focus on other shows. But yeah. Anyway, just want to say again, Happy New Year. Happy, Happy Lunar New Year. New Year. To our listeners who celebrate that, uh, what else, Lon? Anything? Uh, well, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I guess yeah, that's no, not by the time another... this uploads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Till next time, uh, be kind to one another and bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast.